It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. It is hour number two of the program here on Tuesday, on Valentine's Day, on the one-year anniversary of the program. And uh, thank you all for tuning in each and every day and calling in and discussing things with me and sending in app chat messages and reading my articles and giving me ideas for articles. And I think we've had a lot of fun in the past year, and I'm looking forward to what kind of fun we can have in the next one. Uh, I have to say that uh, you have taught me a lot, but out of all the things that you've taught me, I think the thing that I am most thankful for is putting white vinegar on a chow mein sandwich. <laughs> that, that changed my life uh no every time i get one now i i actually have because uh quite often you know when i'm looking for a quick and, and and cheap lunch i'll call up the chinese restaurant and i will order one of those bring it back to my desk and i have a big giant bottle of white vinegar i keep uh, next to my desk now just for that so thank you all for that thank you for teaching me about moxie and milk uh, i enjoyed it i haven't had a lot of it lately but uh it, it was an interesting thing to be introduced to and i've introduced it to a few other people as well thank you for what was it uh yorkshire duck i haven't tried that yet but i, I will that's on my uh list of things that i have to try along with eels and johnny cakes so eventually we'll get to all of that uh, but we'll also get to your phone calls, 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones right now. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. I I hear you, but I can't hear you. All right. Well, you're going to have to call back. I don't know if we're – I don't think we're having phone issues because other people have been able to call in. I think we're just having a run of people who just uh, aren't ready to go. When I take their call, but you can always call back and, and we'll put you through. I was looking back last night at some of the early, cause as I was, as I was putting um, the story together about Maven's Deli, which you can read at WBSM.com and on the app, all the things that they have planned for the authentic Jewish deli that's opening in a few months in Pawtucket. I went back into the podcast archives to grab the, podcast episode from Friday to put into the story and I was going through some of the previous topics that we've covered and we have talked about a lot and what I'm most proud of is how much of it has just been good local stuff that you can't hear anywhere else and things that we were able to talk about that you weren't hearing anywhere else maybe other places on WBSM but you know the fact that we were covering things Listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. The local media just copies us. I, I, I can't say it without sounding egotistical, but we're just 
We're, we're dialed in to what's going on. And it's because of you. It's because you tell us these things. You give us these tips. And I think that's where we have the advantage. You know, the other media outlets, they don't have that opportunity. They, they, don't, they, they can't talk with you every day. They don't have an app like we have with the ability to send app chat messages and news tips and photos and video and voicemails and all those kind of things. So the technology that we're provided helps us keep our fingers on the pulse of the South Coast. And uh, I love the fact that we are able to tell such great local stories. Stories like yesterday. The Super Bowl. Biggest broadcast of all time. And we've got a new Bedford guy in one of the ads. What's interesting is I did see a lot of the, uh, and I knew it was going to happen, a lot of the controversy over the ads themselves. Because... They were commercials that were promoting Jesus. And so you knew that there would be some folks that were going to get worked up about that. I mean, personally, I think if they're going to pay for the ad and it doesn't violate the broadcast standards, then the ad should be able to run. It, it, as as they pointed out, some critics pointed out, it's an odd thing to try to be promoting Jesus during the Super Bowl. But I think they missed the point of what the organization was trying to say. It's that they felt that the message of Jesus had been manipulated over time and had kind of lost its true meaning. And they were trying to present the authentic version. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying that that's their argument. Um, and that, you know, at least the commercial that New Bedford native Earl White was in was promoting the idea of loving your enemies. You don't have to back down from what you believe in, but you have to have sympathy, empathy, and love for the person that you are arguing with. And I, I would totally agree with that message, sure. But when you start peeling back the layers of the He Gets Us organization and you see who's behind it, you know they, they don't put out the names of their donors, but people have done some investigating into it and realize that there is, although the organization claims not to have an agenda outside of promoting Jesus that they're non-political and non-denominational. As it turns out, there's a lot of evangelical money behind that organization and it's the same and, and it's tied into um, people who have opposed LGBTQ plus people who have opposed um, social justice, you know, things like that. And so that has upset some folks and I saw people jumping all over Earl White for that. I mean, he's a struggling actor. He's you know he's having success, but they they say struggling act. But they always say struggling actor until you become a movie star. So he's a struggling actor trying to make his way in a new career. I don't know that he he can refuse jobs on principle just yet, especially when somebody says, "Yeah, we're filming a Super Bowl commercial." You have to make the decision of do you want to do this for your art and do you want to do this for your career versus do you want to take a moral stand with this? And in the case of, and listen, I always believe that you should stand up for what you believe in, but I also feel like Earl White can detach himself 
from the organization and look at it as a job. The same way I think that you can detach, like, you know, there's actors who, like James Woods has gone just off the rails on social media with his, you know, very conservative approach to things. I don't let that affect me if I'm watching something that James Woods does. The same way if you think that, I don't know, who's a super liberal person? Most of them. So, you know, if you, if you think that somebody is, you know, a super liberal, crazy leftist loony, I would hope that that doesn't keep you from being able to enjoy their art. You know, you don't like Jane Fonda. Chris McCarthy talks about her all the time, about what a traitor she was. But I'm sure he can still watch a movie that she was in. I mean, I don't know what political stance she could take that would ever make me not want to watch Barbarella. But the the idea of kind of separating the message from the art sometimes does have to come into play. But also by the same token, if Earl White had been offered this position and he said, you know what, I don't agree with the politics of this organization, I'd rather not be in their commercial, I could respect that too. You know, I can see both sides of it, but at, at the end of the day, all, and as much as I hate using that phrase, all that I thought about it was, here is a New Bedford guy who is making his way in a new career, making his dream come true, and he just got the biggest opportunity he's ever, just been seen by the biggest audience he'll ever be seen by. And so I, I, I congratulate him on that. I don't see the need to go into the comment section and start ripping them up over it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. You can still check that story out. It is up at wbsm.com and on the app, and uh, it is also on our social media channels. If you wanna, if you wanna comment, I would hope that you would not be ripping somebody one way or the other. Uh, and we do have rules that you have to follow. And people say that all the time. They're like, it's social media. Why do you have so many rules in place? Because when you go to our Facebook page, it will tell you. There's a, you can click on it and see all the rules. It's not a lot. But you can see what the, the rules are. And it's limitations of what you can say. You know, we don't allow profanity. And so quite often, at least when I was the digital managing editor, and it was my job to kind of go through and, and, and moderate those comments, sometimes I would, rather than just deleting something, now Facebook has an auto filter for profanity so if you use certain words facebook's just not even going to post the comment you might see it on your page but nobody else is seeing it and the other part of it is some of those times people try to get around those filters so i would go in and i would moderate the call the comments and then if somebody was making a point but they just used a word i would usually reach out to them and say if you want to repost this or edit your comment to just take out that word, I would hate to have to take down your, your very good point based on, you know, the language that you use. And the reason for that isn't trying to stifle anybody's free speech or anything like that. It's because Facebook's looks, Facebook looks at us as a news organization. And so if we have comments that are going off the rails and are filled with profanity and all that, then they, they don't consider us worthy of having that status then we can't bring you news and information and we become just another facebook page 
and it kind of hurts the credibility a little bit to the algorithm. We want you to be able to see these stories. We want you to be able to get this information. Same reason why, you know, there's things you could say on the radio that wouldn't necessarily be FCC violations, but we don't let you say it because it's not something that you bring up in polite conversation. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hello. You're on the air. Hi. Um, You're talking about entertainment. Over the weekend, I heard a band. Mm -hmm. It's a local band. Supposedly, they play from Boston to Cape Cod. And the name of the band is Oh Yeah. Oh Yeah? Oh Yeah. And the name of the song, apparently they wrote it themselves. The name of the song was Bubblegum Ice Cream. Hmm. And it made me stop and listen. And I don't like today's bands. I'm 75. I don't get into the today's bands. So, so how did you hear it? I heard it on the radio. They were, the disc jockey was featuring local talents, and that one made me stop and listen. And, and the name of the song was what? Bubblegum Ice Cream. All right, I'll see if I can find it and, and look into uh, some more about it. Yep. Well, thank you for that. Bye. You have a good day. See, uh, I mean, in... in I've turned into kind of that cranky music critic. Music's not as good as it was in my day. I've turned into that person. No doubt about it. But there's also a lot of good stuff that is coming out. Now, the problem is the the industry has changed. So you don't have, you know, you, you need to seek stuff out more now than you did in the past. You need to seek out these different types of music. Now, I was a teenager in the 90s, heavily listening to the radio in the 90s, when kind of anything could be a hit. You could have bands, like, and, and look at the eras that we had, the many eras that we had within the, the 90s era. We started off the decade with New Jack Swing and Grunge being like two of the biggest music genres And then we took journeys into Latin music. We took journeys into uh, certainly um, a a lot of great, successful female singer-songwriters. And we had a swing craze. Like, there was a time when the same people who a few years earlier were wearing flannel shirts and ripped up jeans, growing their hair out and listening to Alice in Chains a few years later, are putting on zoot suits and going out and swing dancing to Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. I mean, we went through a lot of... Sky had a little run. Reggae had a little run. I mean, we were at a point when, you know, anything went. And I think that, you know, people are making all different types of music now because it's so accessible via the internet, but it doesn't get the same level of promotion as it did before. So you can find good music out there if you're looking for it. Then there's stuff that I just don't personally like. Like, I like rap and hip-hop. I don't like the mumble rap craze. I don't like uh, a lot of the music that's made, you know, the the kid in their bedroom with a MacBook kind of stuff. Because I feel like that tends to sound the same to me. 
You know, I want something that hits my ear differently. And you can find that. There's plenty of it. So, And kudos to the bands that are out there making it. 508-996-0500. I do want to get back into the idea of, so as I mentioned, Barry has this article up at WBSM.com and on the app, and it'll be hitting Facebook uh, very soon for you to get on there and comment. But this story is about, we were talking yesterday how the police union is now utilizing social media to alert the public when they are at limited staffing levels. And they're doing this because they feel like the public doesn't know enough about how handcuffed, for lack of a better term, the police department is right now when it comes to personnel. And so they want to get that message out there. And also, as they put in their their lengthy Facebook post the other day, that it is they don't see a local plan for what the administration is calling a national issue. The police union says, okay, we understand that it is a a national issue, that there is a problem filling these jobs nationwide, but our problem is what are you doing to combat that here locally because we don't see that plan. So Barry spoke to Police Chief Oliveira, and he, he has quotes from him in the article, but basically the police chief said, hey, I hear what the union's saying. And, you know, we, we, need, we need to do more to, to come up with this. Because the, the people of the city expect, basically they expect that when they need a police officer and they pick up the phone and they make a call that within a very reasonable amount of time, an officer is going to show up. And the police union is saying that might not happen based on the current staffing levels. Now, I don't know how much of that is, you know, obviously the the union has an agenda to push. So I don't know how much of that is oversimplification or over-exaggeration, but if it's true, that that can't be sustainable. So I don't know where the solutions are, and I think that the police department doesn't know where the solutions are. They can start, they can, you know, talk to other departments that have gone through something similar and maybe find out from them how they have handled it. And they can try to put in some different attempts to solve the issue, but it's it's going to take both sides working together to get through it. And I do think it's going to take better marketing for those jobs because, you know, we got into the conversation yesterday when Jack Spillane was here where Catherine had called in and she talked about what the average salary was for a police officer in the city. But then Jack is talking about how, you know, every year the Standard Times would put out the top, would put out the list of all the employee salaries in the city and the top 10, you know, you would always have rank and file officers in there because of the detail that they were able to earn. Now, granted, that's extra money that they've done extra work for. It's not part of their regular hours, but you know, maybe that needs to be part of the marketing of trying to get new officers. Like, yes, we're going to hire you. You know, you're going to make at least this much money, but imagine being able to make this much money and that extra money that you can make can be in a position where 
it's still not a hundred percent safe, but it's a lot safer than going and you know breaking down the door of 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 a criminal or you know serving a search warrant or or getting involved in a police chase. That's not to say that there isn't a danger in working a detail, but if you tell somebody that that can be part of your job and you can make significant money doing it, maybe that's better marketing to try to get people to sign up for it. I'd be all for the detail part. I'd be all for the standing around, keeping an eye on traffic, making sure everybody's safe in in different situations. You know, I don't know that I'd want to be running after criminals. If I was running after criminals, they would all get away. That's the biggest problem. 508-996-0500. Even when I was much, much thinner and much more athletic, I still was not much of a runner. Uh, We'll be back in a few moments. 1420 WB. It's called Bubblegum Ice Cream, and it's by a Boston band called Oya, and it's O-H-Y-A-H with a period after it. That's how it's stylized, which is why I had trouble finding it. I think I was looking up O-H-Y-E-A-H, but it's O-H-Y-A-H period, and the song is called Bubblegum Ice Cream, and I found it on YouTube, so you can go and check it out if you want to hear it for yourself. But uh, yeah, no, that's very, I like that. Very poppy and upbeat. Uh, the, the, there's not much info about the band online, but on their Facebook bio, it says, Oh, yeah, is a pop band from Boston, and they love you, babe. Shaq and Rye, yes, these names are real. So <laughs> there you go. Be interested to see uh, what other music comes out from those guys, and, uh, and, and I'm sure if they're not already, you'll be hearing it on, on Fun 107. So good stuff. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. On what we've been discussing, and I, I thought that this was funny. Somebody said, somebody sent me a, um, a message that said, and a, a, a private message. This is, this is from a friend who's listening, who said, "Boy, you're talking about the need to recruit more police officers. I bet people are surprised. They probably think you are a defund the police guy." And uh, no, I'm sure that some people do think that, but that's that's not the case. Uh, I think that there's the job that needs to be done, and I think there are other things that need to be put into place. So I think that you need more clinicians. 
I think that you need more people who can help with the mental health aspect who are trained in that. And that can be more clinicians or it can be having officers. Actually, I think it should be clinicians, really. But I would like to see more officers who are trained in mental health. But the the thing is, when you're in a situation where somebody's in a mental health crisis, that person would probably rather talk to the clinician than to an officer, even if that officer is trained in mental health. You know what I mean? Like, because especially if you look at the situation that happened, you know, last week where there was an officer involved shooting based on somebody who was in mental health duress. So I support these extra things that can help the police in doing their job. But I would, I don't think that you need to have less police. I think you need to have less bad police, but I also know that a majority, if not almost an entirety of the police are doing the job correctly, but we've seen what happens when there are outliers. Now that comes about, I think from the part of where, you know, some police officers need to be willing to step up and say, Hey, I think we've got a bad egg in the, in the bunch here, which is a whole different issue. And I think we're starting to see that. I think we're starting to see people who do the job right, who do the job well, who love doing the job, who don't like the fact that there are people who are dragging down the reputation of their profession, which, you know, normally, right, who cares? Who cares? I'm a talk radio host. I don't care if most people think the talk radio hosts are, you know, opinionated a-holes. That doesn't bother me. But that also doesn't put my life in danger. Like a police officer, when people think that all police officers are bad. And that's the messaging that people are putting out there that puts those police officers at risk. So I like to have logic and common sense in it. Yes, there are problems, but we can't let those problems stand up and define everything that's going on. You know, as it turns out, the Scorpion unit needed to be disbanded. That was that was legitimate. That was a problem. And when we can identify those problems and correct them, then I think you will see the reputation of that career path start to improve. But I also don't know necessarily how much that is hurting recruiting on a nationwide level. I know that that's an easy thing to point to, you know, I talked about it and got into it a little bit about it with Jack Spillane yesterday. I know it's an easy thing to point to. Well, of course, people don't want to be police officers. Look at the reputation that that job has. And I think, sure, that's some of it. And, and on both directions, some people think, well, there's a lot of rotten apples in the police. Why do I want to join that? Some people think, well, a lot of people think there are rotten apples in the police. Why would I want to join that? A lot of people feel like police are under fire. Why would I want to join that? But I also think a lot of people look at it and they say, I would like to do that job, but I would like to do that job with what I feel is an adequate compensation for doing that job. And when you look at it, yes, $60,000 seems like a good amount of money or whatever, whatever the base salary is for an officer here in the city. Yeah, that's a pretty good living, right? And you can say, of course, well, you can go and make more on the detail, but that's work that they're doing for that money. The New Bedford police officer who 
puts himself or herself into a situation where they're going up against, you know, an armed drug dealer or an armed gang member or a person in mental health duress, whatever the situation may be, the officer who puts themselves in harm's way in that regard is doing so for $60,000. And so some folks look at that and say, I'm sorry, that's just not enough. I can go make $60,000 elsewhere without putting myself at risk. You can be a security guard in a place where there's hopefully very little chance of there being an incident and make $60,000. You can be a manager at McDonald's and make $60,000 or any retail outlet. Maybe not everybody, but I know people who work in retail as managers who make over that, significantly over that. So the risk versus reward factor definitely comes into play. Understandably so, politicians aren't going to talk about that. Because then they would have to you know, put their money where their mouth is and they would have to want to increase those salaries. It wouldn't make sense for Mayor Mitchell, who is in negotiations with the police union because they're working without a contract, to say, well, of course, you know, nobody wants to be a police officer in the city. We don't, they feel like we don't pay enough. That would be a really bad negotiation tactic. But I do think that that's probably the major reason for it. That I think people would be willing to step into that position if they felt like it was worth it for their family and for themselves to take that risk. If you told me I can sit in a chair or behind a desk or behind a counter somewhere and reduce, reduce the risk of me dying on my job to very minimal, or I could make the same amount of money by putting myself at risk as much as I would like to help the community, it doesn't make sense. You want to have compensation that would allow your family to First of all, have something should something happen to you. Not what is essentially a livable wage these days. 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. Uh, T-Biz in New Bedford says, happy anniversary, Tim. Here's to many more. Thank you for that. Uh, And Al in Somerset says, I do the same on my chow mein sandwich, putting the white vinegar on it. I also would like to know where I can get Yorkshire duck I used to get it from Norman's Meat Market. So when this came up a, a couple of months ago, I reached out to the butcher shop, and they said that they would look into being able to make it. I couldn't think of anybody else around that could do it, except for you know Joe and his, and his boys over there at the butcher shop. So I reached out to them, and they said they would do it, and they said they would look into it, and they would make it. So if you want it, if you want Yorkshire Duck, I would call the butcher shop on Dartmouth Street in New Bedford, and I would say, I'm interested in getting a Yorkshire duck. Can you make me one? They know what it is now. They know what, what it is to what's involved in making it. They'll let you know if they can get all the stuff that they need together and be able to do it for you and when you can expect it. I don't know if they've put it back on regularly. I don't think they get enough call for it. 
but you can certainly call them and uh, and see if they can get it going for you. I need somebody out there, too, to help me get some Westport River eels. If you go eeling, is that what they call it? If I would assume if fishing is fishing and clamming is clamming and scalloping is scalloping, eeling must be when you go to get eels. It must be eeling. But if you go eeling in the Westport River and you catch them, you know, spare me a couple. Because I, I want to try eels and Johnny Cakes, but I want it to be as authentically Fred and Ann's as possible. And from what I heard, I don't think you can get away with this today, but from what I heard, they got the eels right out of the river and served them in the restaurant. So let me know if you have access to Westport River eels. I don't know. I don't know that I want to. Don't know that I want to be the one to, like, don't bring me a bucket with eels swimming in it because I don't think that I can kill them. I don't. Uh, I buy all my lobsters already boiled, but I still want to try it nonetheless. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. We'll be back in a few. Wake up each day with a... Life is hard, and so am I. You better give me something so I don't die. Of course, I couldn't talk about having eels to eat without playing the eels. Novocaine for the soul. Such an underappreciated song. Well, I don't know why people haven't kept that in their, in their regular playlist uh, of 90s music. But so... Speaking of music, just want to let you know that it just was announced. I got an email. Bruce Springsteen will be playing Gillette Stadium as part of his tour. Uh, the show will be happening in August. Give me a second. I'll give you the date. August 24th. And he has some open dates between that and his next date in Washington, D.C. So I'm sure they will add in another show or two into the Gillette run. But uh, in case you are you know, planning on trying to go out and see Bruce this summer, uh, very expensive ticket from everything that I've heard. And I was surprised that when people asked Bruce Springsteen about it, he said, hey, you know, we, we got to make some money. The guys want to get paid, which seemed very anti-Bruce Springsteen to me, but whatever. Uh, I saw him years ago, maybe um, 2007 or so at uh, the TD Garden. Fantastic show. I think it was over four hours. It was um, one of the best concerts of my life, but I also am not going to pay thousands of dollars to go see him again and i love him i love his music but i'm not paying that much money maybe for that u2 show at the sphere <laughs> we'll see uh but anyway so tonight on south coast tonight marcus is going to be welcoming in uh city councilor at large ian abrew to talk more about the police hiring issue so that'll be um part of the discussion tonight on south coast tonight of course this is a very big topic and we are, as I said, you know, it's going to take both sides working together for a solution or the union can use it as a, a bargaining chip here. 
And I think that's part of what's going on to some degree is to say, look at how much we're overworked. Aren't we worth more money since there's less of us to be able to do the job? But also, I think they honestly do want to see more officers out there as part of this because they don't want to be overworked and they don't want to have to limit the services they can offer people. So there's a lot to digest with it. We can continue to do that coming up. Uh, But right now, I do have to take one more final break for the hour. Before I do that, though, I'm sure a lot of you are thinking right now, I could go for a really good late breakfast right now. I could, I would love to, or maybe, maybe a brunch. I would love to have something. It's Valentine's Day. Maybe I want to take out my sweetheart, or maybe I want to treat myself. Head on down to Just Another Phoenix on Fawns Corner Road in Dartmouth, because not only do they always have great menu items every day, but they have creative and unique specials, and you know they've got some interesting stuff on the menu. For Valentine's Day, I promise you they can make you a heart-shaped pancake to impress your sweetheart. And also, today is Tuesday, which means seniors get free coffee with their meal. So head on down to Just Another Phoenix. Again, Fawns Corner Road in Dartmouth. If you can't stay and you want to just pick up some great food, you can get the entire menu through their drive through window. But if you can stay, it's a great place to bring somebody. It's always, you know, it's never too loud. There's plenty of room for everybody. And, uh, and you really can feel cozy and feel like it's just the two of you out there on a Valentine's, you know, late morning date even if the dining room is full. So check out Just Another Phoenix. Again, Fawns Corner Road in Dartmouth. Impress your sweetheart with a, a late breakfast or a brunch right now, and I promise you it will make the rest of your day go very, very well. All right, let's uh, take our final break. We'll be right back. The WBSM app is 